Welcome to the Agronomy and Farm Management Podcast. I'm Amanda. And I'm Elizabeth. Thanks for joining us today. Hello, everyone. Today we're talking about nitrogen. Now, nitrogen is arguably, or maybe easily, the most difficult nutrient to manage due to its volatility. Trying to nail down the optimum end rate from year to year is like trying to pin the tail on a feral cat. That is to say, it's difficult, just out of reach, and might come back to bite you in the wallet. And sometimes it seems like the only thing we learn through research is if we could just predict the weather. Now, with that said, I think there are some new tools, equipment, and technology available that allow us to delay application, and that enables us to gather as much information about the growing season as possible when making those applications. So Jason Hartshue is joining us today and has done some split application research. Jason is the extension educator up in Crawford County and has conducted a few different on-farm trials in his county. Welcome, Jason. Hi, Amanda and Elizabeth. I guess to start off with Jason, what are the reasons to consider um, making split applications of nitrogen? Well, the big reason to consider the split application of nitrogen, you mentioned earlier that nitrogen is arguably the most difficult nutrient to manage because it changes forms on us in the soil based on soil microbial activity. And we also have this bank of nitrogen that we'd like to utilize in organic matter that if we don't use it, we might just lose it. So when we look at split application, it lets us adjust that nitrogen application rate for the growing season and the conditions that we're having. I mean, this year's been one heck of a spring, and if we're really wet, we're not going to get as much nitrogen mineralization. We're not going to get the same corn yields, maybe. So we're not going to have as many bushels to sell. Can we pull that nitrogen rate down or maybe save some of that nitrogen? If it's raining all the time, do we really want to leach this nitrogen out, or can we wait and put some of it on later? And just make sure we provide enough for our corn crop that we don't hurt our yield early on. So you brought up a lot of great points with how the weather plays into the volatility with nitrogen. Could you give a quick recap of what some of those weather conditions that we would be looking for and what nitrogen is doing in those cases? Yeah, so this year um, it rains about 12 inches every day or maybe not quite. We kind of need a pontoon boat occasionally to get around from field to field. But when we get a lot of rainfall, uh, the nitrogen can actually leach out of the soil. It gets bound up in that water and it follows the water off of the field, whether it goes down through our tile drainage system um, and follows the water into either Lake Erie or the Gulf of Mexico, depending where you're at. And then away it goes and it can maybe help some algae grow or something, but it sure doesn't help our corn crop grow. And then when it's nice and sunny, and the soils dry out some, we get really good mineralization. In an ideal world, we would dry out, our soil would start to mineralize, then we would get a small shower that really wouldn't cause the tile to run, and then it would dry out some again. We'd have this continuous mineralization within the soil, and that's when we get the most free nitrogen for our corn crop. The other thing about nitrogen is, if we get too dry, it'll continue to mineralize, and we'll actually get some of it changing into the ammonia form, and that and then in that form depending on the type of soil we have it can actually gas up and out of the soil and volatilize into the atmosphere and be gone that way so there's really multiple ways we can lose this nitrogen that is in our organic matter or the nitrogen we put on 
Um, there are products out there on the market that do help stabilize it, help protect it from changing forms in the soil uh, so we don't lose it as easily. But over time, as those products would naturally break down so the corn crop can utilize the nitrogen, it breaks down and it can be volatilized or leached off of the field. So that's really interesting. And I think, too, a lot of times we think about those well-timed rains are so important for the growth of the crop. And it's really not just because of the crop. It's probably also a lot to do with the nitrogen availability really being there for the corn crop as well. Definitely. I mean, that nitrogen availability is a big thing for the corn crop. Um, it's a big thing for any of our crops. You know, soybeans make their own nitrogen, but the nitrogen they're making can suffer the same fate once it starts to move out of um, the nodules as any other nitrogen in the soil. And soybeans will scavenge free nitrogen out of the soil. So those timely rains are, yes, important to drive the crop, but they're very important to drive that microbial activity, runs that nitrogen cycle for us. Awesome. So one of the biggest benefits to splitting that nitrogen application is really spreading out our risk and reducing our risk by not having that nitrogen out there when we're dealing with a lot of these more volatile weather conditions earlier in the spring. So if someone is considering splitting their nitrogen applications, what recommendations do you have? Yeah, so really split application nitrogen is another insurance policy you can utilize to help ensure you don't lose that nitrogen. Um, some things I would recommend, you know, it really, it's important to have a starter amount of nitrogen out there. Um, this year, it's been challenging trying to decide where to invest your time. Some guys still don't have starter fertilizer on their planters. But when you look back at trials, the bang for your buck and starter comes out of a small amount of nitrogen to jump that crop out of the ground and get it going. But when you start looking at corn nitrogen needs, um, you only need about 100 pounds of nitrogen to take that crop to test. But it's also very important that you don't starve the crop beyond that. Uh, so when I start looking at split application and timing, you know, there's really, I hate going through the field too many times, but probably two to three nitrogen applications um, would be the best split you could make. Um, that first one ideally is going to come as an amount on the planter, depending how much your planter can carry, how often you want to refill, uh, maybe even the price of nitrogen at the time. Looking at 50, probably 50 pounds coming on the planter. I mean, you get over that, that's a lot of liquid to carry or a lot of dry fertilizer to put down. Um, again, I would like to see 100 pounds out there to get you to tassel. So then, depending how much you put down then, will depend when you need to look at coming back with that next application or the splits and how you're going to look at how much nitrogen's in your soil. Um, if you put 25 to 50 pounds down at the planter, you're going to need to come back in probably, you know, V5, V6, depending what equipment you have. That's going to be a big one, and maybe we'll talk about that later. But what equipment and how late you can get into that corn. Come back at that point and then put down, if you can get through V10 corn at V5 or so, put down another nitrogen. Probably try to get you to 100 pounds just in case this crazy weather pushes you out and it's starting to tassel when you come in with that last round. And then come in somewhere between – V10 and V14 with the rest of the nitrogen your corn crop's going to need. We had a trial last year that really showed uh, the importance of being a good sprayer driver 
and not being late with that last application of nitrogen. We saw a yield drag on our late application, but we didn't get in there to put our late application of nitrogen on uh, until we were actually pollinating. And we only had about 90 pounds of nitrogen down at that point. And our early application ended up being at V10. Um, and we grew about 30 more bushels of corn with that V10 application than that pollination application. So we definitely don't want to be too late, but the later we move that application, the better insurance we have of protecting it, protecting our nitrogen from losses. So you mentioned equipment. If I'm typically side dressing, say V3, V4, what adjustments am I going to need to make or what equipment purchases do I need to look at to be able to get into the field at those later growth stages? Yeah, so there's a lot of things to look at there on the equipment side um, to try to decide how late you can go. Um, there's some guys that have really nice side dress applicators that could be going through, uh, basically they're limiting factors how tall their tractor is. So they could easily be going through V4, V5, and maybe V6 corn and not snapping it off with their tractor. They have a high clearance applicator, um, but they consider side dress to be as soon as they can row the corn, they go out and put on some 28. That's basically putting your 28 on with the planter. You're just making an additional pass, uh, where if you could hold off and do that um, at that V4, V5, hopefully push that V6 stage when the corn's just barely fitting under your tractor, you can actually push it a little bit. I mean, it doesn't have to clear that the corn plant can be rubbing on the belly of the tractor and you're fine. Um, and then if you have an applicator that lets you clear that, that's an ideal time to put on your nitrogen. You moved it a little later, we could maybe use some technology to try to help determine how much nitrogen is available to the corn crop at that time. But then as we start looking later into the growing season, we really have to start thinking harder about the types of equipment we need. And when we're doing these V10 applications, about most commercially available self-propelled sprayers uh, with a drop system can put nitrogen on at that V10 application, okay. Um, I have some guys in the county that use row gators, uh, rear boom machines and work just fine. A lot of guys then though, when they get into that almost a tassel or they're running late trying to do a rescue after tassel or at tassel time, they're looking more at the really high clearance sprayers um, like your Haggies or your Millers, uh, your New Holland sprayers, so that you have that high clearance front boom to go through the tallest corn possible. But just because you don't have that doesn't mean you can't look at pushing that nitrogen application a little bit later in the season. Even if you have a nice pull type sprayer that's got 80 foot booms on it, a nice thousand gallon tank, you could put drops on that and push that nitrogen application maybe later in the season than what your colder applicator would let you go, which helps with that decision making on what soil available nitrogen there is and definitely provides that insurance policy against nitrogen losses. Do you need Y drops versus a colder late in the season? Um, some of the research doesn't really show an advantage to the colder over a Y drop. There is some research that shows advantages to the Y drop over a straight drop down the middle, or it doesn't have to be a true Y drop, just something that kind of moves that nitrogen out closer to the corn rows instead of putting it right in the middle. There's multiple companies that make that. It's just, that name kind of describes what it's doing so nicely and the fact that it's two hoses coming off of one. Yeah, you mentioned there hasn't really been a lot of research that shows a difference between those applications. And that's 
always been interesting to me because I feel like that's technology that would work really well if we were to have drier years. And it seems like we can't catch a dry year to save our lives to see what those technologies benefits might be in those types of seasons. Just De- definitely. <laughs> so having the equipment and the capability of doing it is really only part of the equation. So if you are able to make these later applications, how do you inform yourself when you're trying to make a decision on what the right rate is as you go through the season? Yeah, so as you go through the season, the corn plant uptakes more nitrogen, and then we can start using some different technology. Um, Some of the the work we've been doing, we've been starting with soil sampling, pulling a 12-inch deep soil sample uh, from multiple zones in the field, trying to look at different organic matters, and follow that organic matter to see once how that's affecting soil nitrogen rates and take that 12 inch core you send it into the lab and then we've been getting back both nitrate and ammonia nitrogen analysis some of the older work showed that you only needed nitrate until you had put on commercial fertilizer and then you should really do both but we found some interesting things in the amount of ammonia nitrogen that's out there in some of the higher organic matter soils things we didn't expect Uh, So we run both of those analysis, and then we look at how much soil available nitrogen there is. Um, The one field that we've actually been able to start a trial in this year is showing some differences in that organic matter and how much nitrate nitrogen is available. The ammonia is very similar between the two organic matter zones, but the low organic matter had 32 pounds of nitrogen. The high organic matter had 76 pounds of soil available nitrogen right now in the growing season. That's running behind last year's values at this time of year. I mean, last year when we pulled these samples, we had about 100 pounds of soil available nitrogen. But there's definitely differences out in the field. So as we start improving our technology, both to know what our organic matter is and better defined field zones, we can definitely use these soil tests to get a better feel for how much nitrogen's out there and adjust our nitrogen rate. Um, And then we're also layering on top of those soil tests and starting to look at um, NDVI and different sensing technology that looks at how green the plant is, which is a really good indicator of how much nitrogen the plant has taken up. Um, We've done tissue tests, haven't really found a lot on the tissue test side that excites us. Basically, our tissue tests come back early in the growing season and say we have enough nitrogen in the plant. Um, And then as you get later in the growing season, We can find if we're starving the plant, yes, but we can also just use our eyes and see. Usually, if our tissue test tells us the plant's deficient, our eyes told us it was deficient too. So we're not seeing that excitement coming out of tissue tests like we do maybe out of the soils or some of these NDVI readings and trying to use that along with the soil test information to do a better job of managing nitrogen. It's not going to be, right now, it's not that just go pick one thing and use only that. Um, I think we need to continue to look at multiple sources of data and think them through and put them together to try to get that nitrogen rate that we want to use. I mean, now when we start a nitrogen rate decision, we really start with the economics though first. You know, we go to that old uh, maximum return to nitrogen equations, pull that up, look at the price of nitrogen, corn yield potential, and see what that economic rate is. And then from there, we start looking at the different zones of the field and starting to try to adjust our nitrogen rate um, and correct it for what's going on in the soil. And determining your nitrogen rate in the zones in your field really shouldn't end 
with making that nitrogen application. Um, the end of your nitrogen program, especially if you're trying to build a long-term model on how you're going to manage nitrogen, is to go out and do some stock nitrate tests at the end of the season and see how much nitrate was left in that stock after the corn crop was produced. And then that can help you uh, kind of define some of those management zones because when you start looking at a corn crop, did it have a low yield in that area because it ran out of nitrogen? Or did it have lots of nitrogen left over and there's some other factor holding you back and you could actually save nitrogen, save money, uh, maybe de increase your sustainability, decrease your environmental footprint if you wanna look at it that way by putting less nitrogen on that low yielding area of the field because there was lots of nitrate left. And if you see that multiple years in corn in an area of the field, it would be a good management practice to decrease nitrogen in that zone. Now, if multiple years in a row, you see that this crop is running out of nitrogen, uh, that may be a really good indicator to start looking at this split application decisions because there's a good chance that it's not that that crop you planted in that area of the field is less efficient. It's more that what is going on in the soil in that area of the field? Is there less mineralization going on? So we're using all the nitrogen we put on or probably a greater potential is that area of the field for some reason is more leaky and it's leaching more of that nitrogen out. So if we spread out and do this split application, then maybe we can increase that insurance policy and increase yield in that zone that was running low and had really low stock nitrates and starved the crop. So you didn't see as good a yields there. Yeah, that's an excellent point because when we think about nitrogen, obviously the safest decision is to just put on as much as you can to make sure that you're not shorting the crop. But economically and environmentally, that is probably not the best decision. So trying to balance that thought process, I think you hit on is very important. And then you started to mention, you know, how we can make sure at the end of the season or start to investigate whether what we're doing is right or not. So when you're talking about at the end of the season, what sorts of tools are available to check on how well your program worked? Yeah, um, I mentioned that, you know, checking. The one test that's most available and utilized is a stock nitrate test. Um, the timing on that is kind of important. Uh, when you do these stock nitrate tests, you don't go out right when you're combining the field and drive the combine, you know, to the zone you want to check or go out after you're done and pick up some stock. Um, because once that corn plant dies and dries down, nitrogen can actually leach out of that fodder while the plant is still standing in the field. So if you don't do these stock nitrate tests at the right time, uh, which is about corn silage time, is actually about the right time to be doing a stock nitrate test, uh, just a little bit later than what the guys that really push corn silage are chopping. But if you don't do them at that time, you're actually going to find lower nitrate levels. So you're not going to have as accurate of analysis of what was going on in that plant when the ear actually finished filling. So basically once that ear is filled and starting to dry down is the time to do the stock nitrate test. Not use the combine as the gator to go through the field and get to the area where you wanted to pull that stock nitrate test and you take a one foot sample out of the stock, um, about a foot off the ground, cut that out and then you send those into the lab and they run that stock nitrate test and you get back nitrate numbers. Um, there's some nice tables out there that tell you what's considered deficient, but there's also some ability to just look at your own nitrogen program 
and see how the nitrates varied by zone within your field and by the amount you put on and see how that's affecting your nitrates and as much as looking at those tables and finding the deficient zones um, or where you're in surplus. But the timing of that's crucial and we've definitely seen some instances where we pulled those samples at different times throughout the, as the dry down and you just can watch the nitrate levels go down and you think you didn't put enough on where in reality the nitrates just leached out, especially if this fall turns out to be like spring so far and it rains every other day. Jason, this has just been a wealth of information in helping farmers make management decisions and it really couldn't be more timely as we're seeing predictions for the largest dead zone down in the Gulf of Mexico because of all the rain that we've had. Get the most out of what we put into the crop is certainly crucial as well economically. So if farmers are interested in learning more, um, where do you suggest they go to see some of this information that you have? A lot of the trials we've done are in the eFields publication, so definitely check that out to look at some of the trials. Um, those trials last year and in 2017 were excellent. Some of them showed, you know, where we pulled the nitrogen rate back by 50 pounds and got the same yield or better than our high-end rates, which would save a producer $20. $20 over a thousand acres of corn is um, a really, really big deal. I mean, $20, thousand acres, that's $20,000. That, that's a half of a truck payment for you if you wore your pickup out. Um, some other places, the Ag Crops Team website uh, has some of this information. Definitely watch for some winter meetings this winter um, that you could go to to learn more about nitrogen management and what we're doing. Um, there was some excellent presentations over the last few years at a CTC and all those presentations. If you're bored and want to watch a nice YouTube video, some of those nitrogen presentations are available from CTC. And then, of course, you can always contact any of the extension educators around the state and see once um, they can get you in contact with others that are working on nitrogen and help you find some of this different information. Because nitrogen, while it varies by state, the way it behaves is very similar in the eastern part of the Corn Belt. So there's a lot of great work Ohio State did, but we can also pull some information from other areas too. Great, Jason. Thank you so much for joining us today. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Agronomy and Farm Management Podcast. Join us again in two weeks for our next episode.